Welcome, everyone. This is the Tony Casillas Show, INTC. Thank you for joining my show. If this is the first time, welcome. If this is your third time, considering this is our third episode, welcome back. Um, first of all, you're going to enjoy my guest today. Let me just give you a little, little hint. She's attractive. That's all I'm going to give you. Uh, as you know, or you may not know, this show is derived of uh, more uh, life and more perspective of personality. Uh, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a first responder, whether it's a military vet, uh, people tr making uh, an impact on our society, uh, we'd like to interview them and talk to them about more the life uh, success, adversity, where they've gotten, uh, you know, really, really life stories that have really catapulted them where they are now. Uh, we have three segments, which I really enjoy on this show. Uh, X's and O's. X's and O's is when we ask them uh, to give advice, whether it's uh, on relationships, dating, marriage, uh, those type of things as far as, uh, you know, relationships. Uh, we also have one that I really think that we all can relate to. That's binge watching because that's kind of what we've been doing since COVID. Uh, ask them what their favorite shows and maybe it's something they're binging as far as spending time with their family or exercising just to get their mind away of what we've experienced right now. And we're going to talk sports because, you know, hey, Look, I'm, it's in my DNA, and we're going to talk football. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cowboys' past uh, week opponent, uh, it's, it's, and, and also we're going to get into the, the upcoming NFL schedule. Uh, so we're going to get and talk a lot about football. Yeah, I guarantee you that. Uh, I also want to encourage you guys to be involved on this platform, on this show. Uh, when you're watching the show, be very active on social media, whether it's on you're watching on Facebook Live, whether it's YouTube Live, Apple TV, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, we're going to have different platforms that we uh, the the show is going to be seen on later on in uh, in the year. So we want you to be part of the show. So. Uh, send in your comments, your questions, and uh, the more involved you are, the more the, this show becomes more, gets off the ground and, and it grows. So we're counting on you to do that uh, and, and really, really be part of it because uh, in the future, in upcoming weeks, we're going to weigh some fantastic prizes. So make sure you, you stay tuned to that. Uh, I know a lot of the part of our audience know you as the real housewives of Dallas, um, but myself and my wife, we know you you and Rich a little bit know each other longer than that. Um, first of all, you look great as always, the Miss Leanne Locken. I, I, you, you're just like wine. The older you get, the better you, you look. You're look, and you're I'm so not going to say taste to because that him. wouldn't be that wouldn't be very appropriate. But <laughs> how are you doing, young lady? I am doing wonderful, wonderful. I um, I'm loving life again. It's so nice to be like. Human again. I feel like I'm human again for the first time, so it's lovely. You know, you just got this glow when you walked in. I'm like, she looks different. I mean, you're, you know, you you look great. You're sweet. Uh, Thank you. But you just, you just, you got this. You look like you're happy. I got I, my spunk back. Yeah. 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 So it leads me a question. So what are you doing now that you left the show? The biggest star has left Woo. the Real Housewives of Dallas. Loving life. I'm being super creative, which I've always loved to do. You know, I... Everybody asked me, how are you handling COVID, you know, the pandemic, being shut down, yeah. quarantined. And I have to say, I feel for people who struggle through it, but I have freaking loved it. I, for the first time, was forced to sit still at home 
and look at my home and like, why have I never taken the time to fix this place up? Like, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got like, a little bit more pressure oh on you to God. do that. Well, and because you look at it every day and you're like, it's not getting better. Like, you know what I mean? So, so I just, uh, poor Rich, uh, we started probably in February, end of February, early March, started remodeling stuff. I made him, we built a custom fence in one of our backyards. We totally gutted and redid uh, one of our patios, which was like, added 2,600 square feet. So, you know, every time I look at him and so I go- So you got out, you got back with a hammer and put your work boots on and got after it? Let me just tell you something, Tony. You know me, you know I'm a scrapper. And yes, I cre not only did I design the fence that I wanted with stucco columns and ivy on either side and 12-foot cement boards. Wow, that's cool. Um, which I just basically, it's a, it's a facade on top of the fence that we already had. I just got tired of looking at a brown fence. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I myself made the plywood boxes, cr found a, um, a product that you could basically just put on that looks like stucco but is not as heavy. And Wait a minute, you're, you're making me look really bad I'm because I you. am not the Mr. Tim, the tool man. <laughs> and you are, you are shaming me, Leanne Locken. You are so because sweet. Believe me, there was a lot of arguing with Rich, like what time we were going to start. You know, like I was really a serious, hardcore boss. Like I wanted to be up at 7 a.m. and let's get out there when it's cool. And, you know, let's try to get this section done. I mean, I was legit the kind of person that like we would put a section of fence up of cement wood up and then he'd be like, OK, we are done for the day. And I'd be like, OK, babe. And then he'd leave and I'd paint it. And he'd be like, wow. you painted that and, he, and I was like I want to see what it'll look like and he probably didn't feel guilty either he just went no. in and laid on the couch and no you know, he went and you know did what he yeah made a skinny you know what skinny margarita skinny biatch cold, cold uh, beer, yeah. diet coke yeah, and vodka exactly and uh and and no and and rested because let's face it he had to do all the heavy screwing and hammering and holding you know I just sort of stood there and went that looks good move that over a little you know well, that's going to be my, my next question. So during this whole COVID, has it been good? I mean, you and Rich, it sounds like you guys have, I mean, we got reconnected with our kids and they went back to college, thank God. But I mean, yeah. after a while, did you, was, you know, what was the good and the bad part of it? You know what? I'll tell you, I give all props to Rich. He quarantines himself away from me in the house. He stays in his man cave and does works from there. You know, he's got his office, yeah. he works, he watches his news in there. He, all the shows I don't want to watch, you know, why planes crash and all these other things. And, uh, and, and lets me watch my Netflix, you know, on the sofa and I get the rest of the house. So it's been really good because by the time we go to bed, you know, he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, I got da 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 da. And he's like, I got da 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 da. And you're like, okay, good night. You know. So I mean, honestly, like, we've been we've lived together for so long. It, it you know wasn't much of a change other than now being like literally on top of each other. So. All right. So you're not obviously going. Would this have been the fifth season or fourth season if you would have went back? Right. It would have been the fifth. fifth. They just finished filming the fifth. All right. So uh, what was your biggest takeaway from doing doing that show? Um, I think honestly, like the hardest lesson that I continue to learn from any time I do reality television is I will survive, you know, and I hate that that seems to be my lesson because I think going in, I 
should not go in as the strongest individual, but I always do because that's genuinely probably who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I'm the strongest, you know, much is required of and so much is given and much is put upon and then i always end up exhausted and so i think that's what you're seeing the difference is i'm not exhausted anymore i'm not i'm not constantly you know you know swatting off the lies and the bs and now i just have friends who are like you know let's go have lunch and you know, oh my you know, gosh, Bistro yeah. created a patio and yeah. it's beautiful. And, you know, I'm, I'm rediscovering my love for Dallas, which is nice. Well, considering you were on that show for a long time, and I mean, what kind of advice would you give people that wanted to go on a reality show on that, considering you're on there for, it would have been five years? Yeah, yeah. Um, be careful what you ask for. And remember, what you think is the most magical thing may end up just being the devil. But- I will say this. I will say this. Um, Steve Noviello, um, who I adore, I think he is one of the sweetest mans on, men on the planet. Um, when I first signed on, and we hadn't even started airing yet, I saw him and his wife at St. Valentine's Luncheon, and he had put on Facebook, someone I know and really appreciate just signed a deal with the devil. And, you know, and I said to him at the beginning, I said, you know, the reason I did this show was because I wanted to bring awareness to small nonprofits that would never, ever, ever find the light of day any other way, you know? Bigger voice. A big, yes. And so that's what I did. You know, it's it's why people call me the mouth of the South. I, I speak up for fairness. I speak up to spread awareness and I speak up for what I believe in. And, you know, that's who I'm always going to be, whether there's a camera following me or not. I mean, how hard was that to, to literally have a camera 24-7? I mean, as a viewer, I, mean, I, I couldn't imagine, especially uh, my life, I, I couldn't imagine people following me. I mean, that would be a train wreck. Yeah. But, uh, but how Ta-da! hard is that to adapt to? And, and also, how much of that is like painting a character yeah. for Leanne Locken? Yeah. The villain, whoever that may be. Whatever they needed me to be, right. Whether or not that was the truth or not, it's Mm -hmm. what they needed for the show. Um, First of all, they don't follow us 24-7, thank God, because I was a little concerned about that too. Like, are you going to put cam? It's not Big Brother. Um, You get a schedule. I mean, you know, Sunday and Mondays are your days off. On Monday, you get the schedule of when you're going to film for that week. So I may like, I may have gotten a, hey, you're going to film a lunch scene on Tuesday and that's it. You're not going to film all day Wednesday. You're going to have a dinner dinner with you know someone on Thursday, all cast party Friday, and then a catch up scene on Saturday. So you don't film twenty four seven, which is good. But at the same time, I think what people don't realize, and what I myself didn't realize while I was in it is how much your brain is constantly geared towards thinking about what's happened, what's going to happen next. And, you know, how do I help myself or how do I defend myself? Mostly for me was how do I defend myself, especially against BS and lies? You know, that's just the hardest thing. It really is the hardest thing. All right. So I, my wife is a big fan of all the franchise and obviously Real Housewives of Dallas because of because you're on it. How much of that is authentic? I mean, I've seen you and, and I, I know you personally. I didn't know that part of you because you weren't on a reality show. Yeah. But how authentic is that? I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that um, 
early on me getting upset and overreacting and getting agitated and having a, a big amount of anger in me, that was me. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, but, but you have to think about it, Tony, how many times in our authentic lives are we genuinely pushed that hard to be, you know, somebody puts push, you, somebody to, pushes you in the corner, Tony, you're yeah. not going to be like, excuse right. me. So I'd like to get out of the corner. So this is people actually pushing their buttings and you having to react to that. And the reality is. And some people don't think, they, I guess they think that that's more, not staged, but it's more it production. It is staged. It the is stage production. For you to push your button and you're it not. It is production. It's like you see it coming. No, I knew, I mean, listen, you get to a point where, you know, season one, I didn't see it coming. And then season two, I was like, watch your alcohol intake. Don't let these girls get to you. Well, I'd have to drink a lot of alcohol. Oh, you know what? Season one, you hold your drink. You know, you're holding your drink and it's out of your peripheral and they're filling it up without even telling oh, you. Sure. So there was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I will say season two, I watched my alcohol intake. I, um, I controlled myself a little better. I started to get in touch with why I was reacting the way I did. Mm -hmm. It was a huge therapy growth lesson for me to be on the show, but I'm not going to deny that, you know, my reactions to anything and or anyone on that show were not authentic. And I think that is what the production company counted on the most, which is why all roads and all basically all storylines led to me was because I wasn't ever told by production, go push. I mean, other girls, and I've got text messages from them on my phone. Other girls were legit told, attack Leanne. Yeah. Go attack Leanne. Go push Leanne. Go make Leanne angry. Um, Carrie Brittingham was told to attack me in Mexico on the very first trip last season. And I didn't know that until later when we sat down and I was like, okay, look, we, I would like to work this out because, you know, I'm not what you think and I'm praying you're not what I think. <laughs> And, you know, she was like, yeah, they told me to attack you. And I just told them, I don't know you well enough. Why would I attack you? And I go, well, you're one of the few people that didn't follow instructions. You know, Brandy is, is she's just a little paid rabbit, man. I was going to ask you about it. She I will guess the, jump on anything that moves as I long as they tell I guess the saying about redheads is they're fiery. And I don't remember her being quite like that on game day, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, once it's again, good, it's a good TV, right? It's it it, it can I be guess. good TV. It can be good TV. I will say that um I think you get in it and what happens is you get so wrapped up in it. It's kind of like football. Mm -hmm. You know, you're playing and it is legit all you're thinking about. How I, how can I what what am I going to do next week? How am I going to make this better? How am I going to, you know, you're reviewing what you did yeah, before. Yeah, it's a performance. How it's you a gonna, constant right. performance. Mm -hmm. So then when you're out of it, you're like, oh, my God, dude, I remember to put deodorant on today. This is awesome. <laughs> like, you know, I'm human again, you know, and then I think that, that you realize then what an addiction it is. You know, I, I had I've had long conversations with Tamara Judge and Vicki Gumbelson about this. And it is it's a, you're in the system of housewives. And then when you're out for the first time, you're like. Um, what am I supposed mm -hmm. to do? Cause you know, I'll still see things today. You know, I'll see like the colored smoke bombs and I'll think, Oh my God, throw a party, have the smoke bombs, have each cast member come, you know? And it's like, okay, Leanne, you're still thinking like a producer, <laughs> you know? And it, it, so that's, you know, you it is what it is. Yeah. And I, game. and listen, and I get it. The reason that, um, I was good at television is because I was really made to do TV. I mean, yeah. that's just genuinely after years of being an actress and, you know, really kind of learning lighting and direction and audio and, 
you know, stepping on each other's lines. Reality was nothing. And having cameras follow me around, I could give a rat's ass. So did it get harder every year to go back and watch it after it was filmed and go back on the, your character and who you were and who you're becoming? Did that ultimately come, come into play on your decision making on not going oh, back? Yeah. Uh, yes. I will say that um, I, um, and I will say this lightly, you know, because I do suffer from PTSD. Um, as does my husband. Mm -hmm. um, I started to get a little PTSD from the sh being on the show, knowing that every cast trip, get ready, Lockin, you're the bull, and, oh, and they're going to come for you. Wow. And, and so people were like, enjoy, relax, have fun. And I'm like, why? The second I get drunk, you just are going to attack me. Yeah. And then I'm going to be too drunk to defend myself, and I'm going to do something stupid, which right. is what production company needs yeah. so it just became where it just honestly yes we went to amazing places did i enjoy it not really because yeah. i spent most of my time in the shower or the closet of my room crying yeah and that never got shown well you look great and i just can't reiterate that and whatever you your happiness and what you're doing now uh one last question when it refers to uh you know your part in real housewives of uh, dallas uh what did you i guess what did you most like about being on it i loved building my platform and being able to really connect with our audience mm -hmm. so many people today I can sh I can open up Instagram right now and show you messages from people that are like a woman who said, I just want, I, I've never written to someone before, but I want to yeah. say thank you. I live in the UK. My husband deals, has a lot of anger and I've never understood him and I've never understood what I did to upset him, to set him off. And watching you made me understand my husband so much better that now I know how not to upset him and how I can potentially help him. And you made my life better. You made my marriage better. And I just want to say, I'm sorry for how they treated you, but I love you. And I could never be paid and for those messages are the stories, like that. Those that's are stories keeps, you like to, you that's know, what that I love. you feel like you benefited, you know, you got something out of because you give back to them. I gave, I gave. My whole goal in life was always about, I will, if, if, what I do can benefit others, even if I have to sacrifice a bit of myself. Um, I believe in the end it'll be worth it. And yeah. that's genuinely how I lived on the show. I sacrificed a lot more than I wanted. But in the end, I probably helped a lot more people than I'll ever know. Yeah, you mentioned you get back a lot. I know that you're a big dog lover. Yes. A dog advocate for rescue dogs. You work a lot in the community. How has the whole COVID affected rescue dogs and that whole oh, type of agency? What has it done? It's been really hard. Um, not only are we seeing fewer adoptions because the process, people can't come into the centers to look at the dogs, mm -hmm. to meet the dogs. Um, but we're also seeing people who are struggling to be able to feed their dogs. So they're surrendering a lot of their loved ones. Um, and it's, you know, been something that I will continue to fight for and bring awareness to. And, you know, if, if, if someone listening to this is having a hard time feeding their dog, please reach out. We will find someone to provide you with food so that you don't have to give up the one comfort. You know, people don't realize how, uh, how much of a stress relief animals can be, and um, and they they really are. They're my fur, you know. My two are my fur children, so 
I had more conversations one-on-one with my beagle <laughs> on camera than I think I did any other cast member. So. And they're always there unconditionally, Oh, right? I know. Oh, so much they're, so. They don't care no. what you did or who they you are. They don't care. They, you could yell at them, and they still want to be like, do you love me now? <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm a bitch. I do love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, if, if groups or other people want to volunteer, who do you recommend to be able to help an organization like that? Gosh, you know what? There's a ton of organizations that are constantly looking uh, for vo- even just volunteers. Um, help help them build their Amazon accounts. Uh, Dallas Street Dog Advocates, SPCA of Texas. Um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, there's the little uh, Palm Rescue. Um, there's a lot to, of organizations. Yeah, there's so out many there of them dogs. out there. But I will tell you, even if you just get on Google and Google local Dallas dog rescue. Find one you love and just call them up and be like, "Do you need help?" Isn't don't you? Uh, I we have a rescue dog, and isn't it amazing that they seem like that they? I don't know if they love you more, but they know they understand that value. They're they're you know their life, how yeah. they you know what their circumstance and they were before, and they don't want you to leave them. Don't you feel isn't like that that nice? It is. Isn't it, it feels good. I come home and Carly does what we call the the speedway mm-hmm. around the pool table. Yeah. She, I tell, I'm like she smoked crack again. She <laughs> just goes a hundred miles an hour and jumps on the sofa and you know and she's like, oh my god, you're home. Oh my god, and you're just like. What okay. kind of dog food are you giving her? I know, right? <laughs> just regular kibble. Um, but she's just so happy. And I think it's because legit they, you know, you leave a rescue dog at home and they're like, are you going to come back? Yeah. It's a great, I mean, it's a great and love. It's, oh, it really is. She cuddles every night with me. I mean, in the morning I'll wake up and I'll literally be like this and I'll open the sheet and here's, she, you know, here's her little beagle face right here. And she's like, I'm not ready, you know, or let's we, get up. <laughs> we have a 60 pound. He's, he's, I don't know. He's pit bull. He's got it. He's a mutt, but he's 60 pounds. He thinks he's a lap dog. Cause oh, he just, that. and he's such a most loving dog, but I mean, good for you. I also know you do a lot in the community as far as charity work. Yeah. Uh, so I got to give you props to that for what you do in the community. Uh, what are you doing now and what organizations are you involved as, as far as giving back in the community? Yeah, you know what? Um, actually, I was really fortunate uh, at the beginning of this year to have Brian's House reach out to mm-hmm. me. And so I accepted a position as an ambassador of Brian's House this year. What are they, what's Brian's, Brian's House? Brian's House is an amazing organization that works with vulnerable children from vulnerable communities. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you are a very low-income mom and you have a medically handicapped child. Mm-hmm. You can't just drop them off at a regular daycare. So Brian's house steps in and takes care of your child so that you can go to work, know that your child's going to be safe and protected, get the medication they need, receive physical therapy if they need therapy, receive uh, whatever they need to survive so that when you come back to pick them up, your child is healthy and happy. Um, one of the reasons that I chose to accept ambassadorship for Brian's house is, you know, back in the early, early, early days of, of AIDS, no one would touch a baby that mm-hmm. was HIV positive. And the woman who founded Brian's house said, I'll, not only will I touch them, I'll take them in. Wow. And she took Brian, who was an HIV positive awesome. baby, in when no the mother died during childbirth. And poor little Brian would have just been mm-hmm. put into the system, but no one in, even in the system would take him. Yeah. So Brian's house was founded. And, you know, I find myself connecting to nonprofits that... Um, accept 
and love people who feel unwanted yeah. considering that's kind of how I grew up. Well, so, good for you. That's, you know, that's so I just, awesome, I don't man. want anyone to ever feel the way I felt or have shame or I just really, if I can save someone from having to stress in their life, um, that that's just, there's no, there's no paycheck you could give me that could make up for the joy that I'd get from doing it. You yeah. Know? That's great. Giving back. Uh, it's always great to look at someone's, uh, their bio and look at what's ah. your your whole oh. life and and I was looking through a couple of things and uh, 1989 well 1989 it was 89 you were in the USA pageant I know you still have your way in Mobile Alabama no because that is Miss America oh I'm sorry but I, but I did have you a swimsuit body thank you <laughs> um, but yeah 1989 Mobile Alabama Miss <laughs> USA pageant that was you know, you know, uh, oh, Dick Clark emceed that oh, year, oh, yeah. and that was one of his last pageants to emcee. Wow. It was amazing. What meeting was that him. like meeting someone like, just, like Dick Clark? Just elegant, yeah, really elegant. Like you don't see many men that you're just like that's a class act, mm -hmm. and he was, and professionally, just everything about him, and he just was a, a real doll to work with. He really was. Um, and then, you know, from there, you know, you go off and you, you yeah. do star search with Ed McMahon and, you know, just, oh, that's right. it's I forgot funny. about that. It's funny how people don't realize how much, like I was, uh, Miss Makita from Makita Corporation's mm -hmm. tool girl signed posters all over the country for almost two and a half years. Um, and laugh as you will, it was a quarter of a million dollar job. I'm so I will say I hey, made, do what I say. made more money as the Makita tool girl than I did on real housewives of Dallas. Okay, people. Well, you're being underpaid. Uh, I was being way underpaid on <laughs> Dallas. Trust me. Yeah. Tool girl was easy. Uh, matter of fact, it was between me and Pam Anderson for the tool time girl. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That was fun too. Wow. Yeah. You know, I've just, I have had I an you, amazing I, life. I, I, you know, I, I had a big crush like all these other <laughs> other men. I'm Anderson, so I never met her. But both of you guys in the same room, that would be too much. Quite easy. I, that I'm would easy be too on much. Eyes, Trust me, um, if you will. <laughs> uh, also, I mean, obviously that led to other opportunities. Yeah. In films, commercials. I got to ask you about. There's. Uh, I I saw where you're uh, America's funniest videos. Yeah. On videos on ABC and you're. Video was picked as a winner on that. Is that correct? It, it was chosen by ABC as one of America's so funniest commercials of the seen time. It. You know what's so funny is um, I had auditioned. We shot that here in Dallas for Cherokee Casino, mm -hmm. and it was this pageant spot. So I was, you know, just come out of pageants, and yeah. I was thinking, oh, it's a pageant commercial. I'm gonna nail this. this should be, <laughs> you know, this should be like easy. So I walked in and I just remember like, um, I just went over the top cause I knew it was a comedy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they were like, um, uh, slate. Okay. Leanne, you know, give us your name, you know, your slate. And I'm like, Leanne Luckin, Kim Dawson agency. And, and Kevin Howard, the casting director was like, okay, tone it down. Like, Okay, come back to life. That does sound a little. Yeah, you know, hard and expressive, pageanty. It was pageantry. so. Oh, but I want. I just wanted to do everything. So I was. I just had so much fun with it, and I was like, um, I was blonde at that point because remember, for forty years I was like genuine blonde, blonde. And so um, I just kept thinking, I made the call back. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to see who the other blondes are in this city that can compete with me. 
And so I went, I went and bought, I went to Dillard's and bought myself a long sequin dress. I mean, I like, I went in, it was like when I auditioned for Sin City. Right. Um, I, I, I balls to the wall character went in character. I was going to get that part. Yeah. Oh man, I got to, I, um, I had my raincoat on, I had my sequin dress pinned up, my raincoat on. I was just waiting for the next blonde. I was like, who, who, bring it on, who? And it was like, brunette, brunette, brunette. I'm like, gosh, dang it, man. Are all the blondes running late? Like what the hell? And it was like brunette. And so I was like, okay, I got to get a cup of coffee. Um, so I got up and I went to the little coffee room and then Kevin came in the coffee room and he goes, so I guess you can tell. And I'm like, tell what? And he's like, uh, you already have the part. We're just auditioning brunettes. And I was like, damn it. I wanted to see who my competition was. I love a good competition. Like, you know what I mean? Like I really love to be challenged. That's funny. Um, and it was just, you know, and he was like, you've already got the part. And I'm like, all right, game over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, but it was such a fun spot and it, you know, it really was, I enjoyed it uh, when we filmed it and I had to lean in and, um, Cause you know, in pageants frequently you're, you get, I get, especially get dry mouth. So your lips will stick to your teeth. So, you know, the thing we do is we rub Vaseline on our so teeth. So that's a secret. To so yeah, you rub Vaseline dry, on your okay, teeth so okay. you won't do that. And it was so funny cause in the middle of the commercial, I was like, well, you do too <laughs> in your own special way. And, and I mean, the director just, you could hear him in the background. They were like, Oh my God. You're like, okay, I guess you'll like that. Unfortunately, I, just, I remember some people in Oklahoma used to brush their teeth like that. Uh-huh. So that's another story. Hey, but that's that's interesting. Uh, also, hey, uh, your commercial that you did for Wingstop, Yay! which was talked about in the NBA playoffs and yes. and that, that was that was, was pretty fun. good. You, you portray a news anchor and uh-huh. you're giving reports. I thought that was. <laughs> that I was the, really good. I had such a good time shooting that spot, and I never got any free wings. Ah, Wingstop, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, well, Wingstop, that's, they're the bomb. But they that, are the bomb. Yeah. You know when we order, that's who we order from, so. Uh, and also, trouble. so I, I, you've been in the, you, I looked at you, you mentioned, uh, what was the, uh, the the movie you mentioned earlier? Uh, the Mi- one you. Miss Congeniality? Oh, uh, Miss, not Miss Congeniality, that's the one I'm talking but yeah, I know you've been in a lot of, some films. Uh, but one of my favorite actresses of all time, Sandra Bullock. I love Sandy. She, she seems to the- me, so what you, what's your take on her? Because she seems so down to earth. She is, and so real. Yeah. And you know what, Tony, I will say, that is one of the things I really love people who don't give a, and are real. And Sandra Bullock is the most authentic human on the planet. I could give you so many examples of times during filming uh, where something would happen. And it wasn't let the producers deal with it. Sandy was right there um, dealing with it herself, making sure that everybody was okay, making sure that everybody was happy. She just was a great person. And, you know, you think about all the people that were in Congeniality that I got to work with. Michael Caine. Oh, that would have been, um, oh, he's unbelievable. You know, um, uh, just uh, Captain Kirk. Oh, or William Shatner. William Shatner, William Shatner yeah. that's it. Yeah. Actually, was so fun. It, he, to work with William Shatner was the best time. I mean, when we were standing around doing that top five thing, he was like, we got bored at one God, he's point. He's great in Boston Legal. 
I mean, he's he, so talented. Uh, he was just, but off camera, si- he's fun. Yeah, like he's he a- got us all to do a rap, and we each had our little part. And he was like, "Crown." That's crown. nice. It was just a. It was a great time. It was a great yeah, time. Yes. Everyone on that film was fun to work with. All right. So we mentioned films, commercials. What do you have anything else? Uh, you know that that you're getting involved with and uh, constantly, constantly. I just finished a, f- a photo shoot on Saturday for a brand new nonprofit called the Fashion Fund. And uh, it's going to be for there's a huge feature in their magazine called Restyled on mm-hmm. Instagram, and I'm really looking forward to it. If you go follow Restyled, you might get to see the secret that I'm trying to, so desperately not to let out of my mouth. Which ever, anyone who knows me knows I'm not good with secrets. I was gonna say, do you want to give a little tease? No, right? I can't. No, that's, about, that's about it right there. We'll we'll get it out of you. No. So fashion, you mentioned you mentioned fashion. What what do you what inspires you? What do you what do you you look for whenever you you create your own type of style. Outrageous. What do you like? Outrageous. Outrageous. For example. Um, you know, I love things that uh, really stand out. I like to take, like, for instance, um, I kind of agree. I, I did a reality show called She's Got the Look, which was a modeling competition mm-hmm. on TV land. And Robert Verdi, who is a stylist out of New York, was a judge on it. And he used to, he said the most interesting thing that I, I have kept with me forever. Find something, a, a t-shirt, but has one unique detail that not every t-shirt has. And that's the t-shirt for you because that's what style is. To find that one thing that is unique. It's not just a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt that has three studs on the arm or the sleeve or fringe or whatever it is. It's just something that's unique. Unique you know? that you like. Yeah, or, that yeah. you like. That's, that, that, that is a key to your personality. And that's what I love about fashion. If you know me, if you look how I dress, it will tell you how I feel. You catch me in sweats at the Home Depot, I'm feeling, uh, uh, you know, that's the like best a way worker to go. bee. That's, like uh, a worker bee. Yeah. You're I'm ready to do building something. Building something. I am. I building am something in your backyard. Building something amazing. <laughs> Trust. Uh, you're also an author. Yeah. Um, best-selling book called What's Your Status? What's, yeah. You know what? What's when that I, about? I started Facebook back in the day when, you know, you could only have one page and that was about, they didn't even have public pages back then. And I ended up with like four personal pages because I had so many people following me from She's Got the Look. Um, and everybody just loved it. I used to put out inspiration every morning. And I got to tell you, it was so nice. You'd hear people like, you know, Nancy Rogers would say, I really loved your inspiration the other day. Or Lisa Garza would say, you know, your inspiration's really gotten me through a lot since my brother passed away. And it, it was moments like that that made me realize what we speak into the world has a bigger ripple effect than we are even aware of. So I just constantly wanted to add value to the world. And that's where what's your status came from. That was what Facebook used I to I remember ask that. You. What's your status? What's your I remember status? that. I tell you real funny, I, the story, my wife on Facebook, I mean, it hadn't been around probably four months. And this guy sends me a link and says, Hey, you know, Go up and sign up for Facebook. I'm like, what is it? Yeah. So all of a sudden, I have all these people like friend requests of me. You know, like people from high school, and you know, there's some women. You know, they went. To, I don't know that they could find you. And so yeah. she looks on my page. And she goes, "What is this Facebook?" I'm like, "I don't know." My buddy just sent it to me. I don't know. And so she goes, "Who's those girls, women?" I'm like, "I do not know." And yeah. you know, Rich- six months later. Then Facebook just exploded, and then she had a thousand friends. I'm like, that's what Facebook is right there. Yeah, yeah. It takes a minute to to understand. Actually, Rich and I, that's truly where Rich started courting me was on Facebook. Oh, so that was at the was that the dating app back in? No, uh, it wasn't. 
wasn't. Really? It wasn't. He so, just. Um, so how did he? So did he message you? What did he, he did? He, he messaged did. me, asked for a friend requested me, and then he would write on my page. And at the time, there was another guy that was trying to date me that would write on my page too. And it was really, it was really cute watching them compete over me. So I what, enjoyed it. So what was so what was so special? <laughs> We're going to get in that because we have a segment called X's and O's. But what? What uh, initially this kind of led you to to Rich? I know he's a, a great dude, but just the way the just the the way he talked and the way he you know respected you. What was um, what was that? What I was enjoyed, it about? I enjoyed how he's he is a very good flirt. He's very charming, and I don't think he even realizes how charming he is. Sometimes I have to be cautious. Like, babe, she thinks you're flirting with her, and he's like, no, she doesn't. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, you know, he's just very charming. Um, but I will say that, um, that honestly, what I fell in love with Rich on our first date, like we went out and I would, did not want to go. What I was your first date? He took me to Fairings. Oh, at, nice. And we, we had drinks at the Rattlesnake Bar. Oh, great and then taste. We well, went, fair, yeah. yeah, well, you Look know, he, he, he worked off duty at the Ritz, wow. so he, he knew everyone up there. And, um, and it was so sweet. I just remember sitting down to dinner and you know I, I have a little voice that talks to me a mm -hmm. lot and I and I was like he's so funny I think I love him and then the other little voice was like you say what you need to back the hell and like water bitch <laughs> and I remember pushing my wine away and I drank water for the rest of dinner and then we went back on the rattlesnake and I drank an entire french press pot of coffee and I went home and I was like he's funny I him and I'm like, really? Oh my God, what is wrong with wow. me? Because I did not believe in so love was, at first sight. Uh, I was gonna say, there you go, love at first sight. Oh my God, terrible. Yeah. So then I just, you know, to that point till then. Long. But did you did you date? Did you date a lot of? Did you, I mean, not a lot, but did oh, you? Yeah. Yeah. But never found, you know, who you're looking for until you. I never met. found somebody that made me change how I behaved. Really, that's a good point. Yeah, I always found the same. And the same is easy because you can behave the same and it's a pattern and it's very lazy and it's easy. And, you know, I just remember the first time that Rich made me change the way I behaved and I thought, wow, he expects better of me. He wants me to be better than how I'm behaving. And I thought that's different. And I... Well, so, I mean, when you just said that, it makes me think when you're in a relationship... That person's not going to change. Well, they can change. It just depends. But I think it's better, as you mentioned, it's probably better that they change initially at the beginning of the relationship. Yes. And that's kind of like something that you saw in Rich. Yeah. That's cool. He made me want to be a better person, and I made him want to be a better person. And to this day, that's still who we are. You know, we still come in and, you know, cheer. we're each other's cheerleaders, and, and it's awesome. All right, so you mentioned some of the inspirational people you met. You met Dick Clark. What's three? I know you meet a lot of people. Uh -huh. What's three of the most influ influential people you've met? Tony Robbins. I absolutely love. I will say anytime I ever feel like I'm just lost or at the bottom of a rabbit Does he hole, really have a size 15 shoe? Because you've seen Shallow How. When he does. He's a big man. He's a no. big okay. man. Okay. I have a picture with him. He's a very right. large okay. man. Um, Sorry, I, <laughs> I love. I think I love Tony Robbins. I love. I love his keys to. They're little tricks that I've picked up mm -hmm. from him along the way for years. Um, who else? Um, inspirational to me. <sighs> I mean, motivation would be really a kind of look for what I need every day, and then I sort of Google whatever mm -hmm. I'm looking for. Um, but I would say. Um, Tony for mo motivating me. Um, 
Joyce, uh, Joel Olstein for uh, my religious motivation. Yep. I absolutely adore. Absolutely. I think he's open mm-hmm. to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, if I told you musically, you'd probably think I was crazy, but I love Cardi B. I just think she's insane. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I'm not saying I approve of everything she does or how she lives, but I can tell you what, she does inspire me. She inspires me and I love her music and... There I just go. think entertainers, you can't really judge it because it's in the moment what you listen to lyrics and if that's what you like, you really can't Tup- go into personal life and really just judge them by that. I just I, I will say Tupac Tupac said it the best, and I have to go find my Instagram to be able to tell you what he said, but uh Tupac legit said it the best. And um and it it, it was something about um it's sad that people judge you for being real, but they love you for being fake. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's actually is what exactly what Tupac said. People judge you for being real, and they love you for being fake. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I I'm not into I'm not into the facade of anything. Yeah, you know. All right, so uh, this is my last one of my questions, and we're gonna get into a couple of different segments. Said, uh, what advice would you tell your younger self, knowing what you know today? The hardest thing I would tell myself, um, looking back. I, if I could go visit myself, I would say you are loved, you're valuable, and I need for you to believe in yourself because not believing in yourself is going to cause you a lot of harm and misery. Well and said. it's something I would probably to even tell myself to this day. Three things that you cannot live without. My cell phone my husband, and my animals. Nice. Texts or, text or phone calls? Oh, God, text me. Please don't call me. I don't like talking on the phone. I mean, people are like, you love to talk. And I'm like, I really don't. I will answer a text, but if you call me, I will ignore your call. Mountains or beach? Beach. And There's that- something about the ocean, that sound... I just spent a week in Malibu not too long ago, and it's just the serenity of it. Whether you're holding a cup of coffee or a cup of rosé, it doesn't matter, because with a beach, it's the perfect day. That's well said. (laughs) All right, so we have two segments on our show. It's called X's and O's, and we have our guests give their perspective, and which you've already had during the last uh, few minutes of this interview. Um, Insights on love, relationships, marriage, or dating. I know your uh, your wedding was just uh, spectacular. We were there. Thank you. Thank you. Man, a lot of vodka served at that. Yeah, I know. People complained that there was no food. Tony, did you have a problem that there was no food at the reception? I did not have any food, Leanne. I know. You know, I had to go somewhere else to have. You should have gone to McDonald's afterwards. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't think that. But the little hors d'oeuvres are nice, but uh, the drinks are great, and just the whole ambiance. It was a beautiful wedding. how has that impacted your marriage? I mean, how hard was that to 
go through all that and sift through that and that whole because it was a production. It was, it was a production. Show. But you know what? I will say because beautiful, you were, beautiful. You were writing. at the church too. I will say first of all, no, Rich, I wasn't the church. We couldn't oh, you make missed that. The church. We just went to the. You reception. missed Rich's vows. He stole the show. Yeah, I heard that was. He tr- stole the show, and I think I saw that on the show. Though. Yeah, yeah. Once we, st- once I started down the aisle, I will say from the minute that I started down the aisle. To the second where he, where basically we were like, and we're wrapped for the wedding, you know, like you need to go hide so that we can get people out of here. Um, I, it, it, it was one take. It was legit. They didn't interrupt the wedding. Nobody stopped and said, could you say that again? Rich, you know, poor Reverend Neil. I mean, you know, yes, I will watch over her with my eye. And, you know, I mean, he just turned beet red. Um, he, he'll, he'll, he will never have another wedding like that. I guarantee it. Um, but, you know, that's who we are. We're just different people. It was a lot and of fun. I it, know that. It was. it was spectacular. You're beautiful. And, You're sweet. We had the best night. We really and, uh, did. And Rich was looking handsome. Um, he did. So my son, yes, he's getting married. Uh-oh. And I know, well, no, I'm really, hey, I love his fiance. She's <laughs> great. I mean, they're getting married next year. And since you've been through all that, what advice would you give him and his to-be bride? Get a wedding planner. Put this everything. really frugal, though. That's so fine to what frugal That's a wedding good thing. planner. No, I'm just no, yeah. I, I I'm just saying. I think it's a great thing, Ashley. Okay. Uh, find a uh, find a wedding planner. Honestly, I mean, I I I because we were doing it on camera, did not have time. Not to mention the um, miraculous amount of production that went into not just my wedding but the reception as well. Um, I'm grateful to every single person who called Steve Kimball and said. I want to help make Leanne's wedding perfect. And that's exactly how my wedding happened, was everyone, uh, including Emerald City, reached out. And where they were like, we're playing Leanne's reception. And Steve was like, does Leanne know? I love Emerald City. And, and Right? And, yeah. they, you know, they custom wrote that first dance song for yeah. us. Um, and I will say that um, it, I mean, just figure out what you want, but then also, like, read a you know, frugal is my thing. I mean, if you looked at the fence I built in my backyard, I just say you'd think she was, likes to save money. I don't know if I'd be. Frugal. I don't want to spend money on things yeah, that she I'm thinks not she can do it the herself. value exactly. Right. But, but and, I will. I will say, you know what? There's a lot of things that's easier if you just leave them into the hands of someone else, so that you can focus on the joyful moments. Yeah, that's you know, a good just point. don't miss the joyful moments. Because yeah, because it goes by so fast. It really does. Once you get started and that train gets going, you know, don't be the cow on the track. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, I like that. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we have another segment. It's called Binge Watching. And as we Ooh. mentioned earlier, uh, we want to get your what find out what our our guests are Ben's watching and what they've been watching I mean it may not be TV maybe you no, mentioned Netflix. Netflix Netflix okay it's so what do you recommend Netflix. right now what's your what's your I'm your, currently watching your top the t- haunting of Bly Manor um I loved one a show that I absolutely loved made me feel not as smart as I want to be but made me want to be smarter 
was Sherlock, the BBC uh, edition of Sherlock. Oh my God, it's so good. If you're a control freak, you should watch this because he would do stuff and he'd be like, and he'd be like, yes, okay. And then he would tell you everything that he just noticed that you should have noticed and you could have noticed, but you didn't notice because you were watching the same thing he was watching. And it was very frustrating for me. So I loved it. Um, I also uh, am ridiculously in love with vampire movies. So you've got, you know, the V Wars, you've got um, Hemlock Grove. I mean, sh- Shit's Creek. Oh my God. I have not watched that. Oh my God. I guess it's, I mean, I'm going to have to watch it here. It's so freaking good. Won all the Emmy Awards and everything. Freaking hilarious. Hilarious. You will laugh. No, you know what you will really love? Can I tell you? And, and this is typical of me that because I'm completely inappropriate when I go to laugh or be, you know, hey, it's okay weird. to be inappropriate. Um, Hoops. <laughs> Hoops on Netflix is a cartoon. It's a cartoon, and it's based off of a high school basketball coach who is the most inappropriate basketball coach I've ever seen in my now life. Now, see, I'd probably like that. It's you far, would love it. I love high, it. Is he high school or is he high school? High school. High school. He's wow. There's a seven-foot-tall kid that goes to the school, and he needs the kid to play on the basketball team, so he basically is like, all right, I'll, I'll get you laid. If I get you late, will you play on the? And I'm and 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 the seven foot tall guy's like, Coach, I don't think you're supposed to be getting me laid. Like, (laughs) like, but it's so funny. And then he hires a hooker, and then the police stop by when he brings the hooker to the kid's house, and they arrest the hooker. I'm about to cue that up. Oh, it is so. There are moments that literally he will say something. Um, what did the stripper say right before the gangbang started? What did he say? She said, bring on the meat. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I stopped the TV that's and I'm like, funny. oh I, my God, I, I am texting I, this to everyone. And my <laughs> friends are like, Liam, that's not funny. And I'm like, it's fucking hilarious. How are you not laughing at this? Have you seen Nurse Ratched? No, I want to watch it. It's on my, it's, it's in my queue. Have you watched F is for Family with Bill Murray? No, I have not. Same thing. Richard laughs his head off watching F is for Family with Bill Murr. I'm not kidding you. Alone, I'm watching. Bill Burr. I'm, I'm currently watching Alone. It's 10 people that they drop off in the Antarctica. In the island? In Antarctica. Yeah. And they have to survive. Uh-uh. I mean, I am. I'm, I mean, I, See, I don't. See, Rich could. Rich, but you get five hundred thousand dollars. But there's like people. I'm like, really? I mean, half a million for how many toes do you lose? Well, exactly. But I'm I like those. Interested. And there's so much good program on that. But you know that to me, that's survival, and that because it, that's already so keyed into how I live. I don't find shows like that entertaining. And I know I can't do because, it. Would never be able to see, do anything like that. I I could. Rich. You could. Rich is Rich's dad taught survival in Alaska. So maybe you guys should so, be on Naked and Afraid. No. Have you seen that? No, no one is going to see my naked body. But I mean, I'm watching no. that. I'm like, I, you know, after yeah, the we first, watched it. About the first eight hours, are like, there is no like, you know, no, any there's attraction no there attraction whatsoever when you're, when you're trying to like survive. Yeah, and that's kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah, and and I would say that Rich would do nothing but yell at me on naked and afraid. Yeah, because <laughs> I'd be like, I gotta, you know, get me a leaf, get me, you know, I just yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right, so I want we we talked about you. Uh, You're talking about uh, you and Rich were uh, featured in sophisticated weddings. Yes, because we, we just celebrated our one year wedding well, congratulations. anniversary. Congratulations! Thank you. Still on your honeymoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. 
<laughs> if he'd just get those dishes from the sink to the dishwasher, it'd be so a better what is honeymoon. It, what, has changed, what has changed since you guys, when you, you said, since you said, I do? You know what was really anything sweet? Because really? I didn't think, everyone asked me, and I was like, it's not going to change anything. We've lived together for 10 years. You know, we're, it, that's not going to change. But I will say, um, the week before we got married, like that week of getting married, Rich every day was just like it was Chris. Our wedding was going to be Christmas. And he would just be like, can you believe we're getting married? And I was like, God, he's really excited to marry me. Like, I think there's something medically wrong with him. <laughs> but it was just, you know, and it watching his excitement made me truly realize how much he loves me. Yeah, isn't that great? And it's just the best, you know, like... You're so we're so rarely put mm -hmm. in a situation where yeah. we can s see our mates love yeah. in action, and I just I could just see it all over his face, and it was just you know. And you guys are actually going to do uh, was another ma restyle magazine. Well, yeah, he's not going to do it. Just but you're me, doing it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. me for nonprofit for uh, the Fashion Foundation. Yeah, you just mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Fashion Foundation is a five hundred one c three nonprofit okay. in New York. And they take overstock clothing from companies and then they basically sell them and use it to help women in different um, areas that, that are in need. Um, so they have a magazine called Restyled and it's fun. Um, they've had all, they've had Jesse James Decker on the magazine. They've had Melissa Gorga, Alicia Quarles from Daily Mail UK. So tons when's of that, people. When's that going to be out? Uh, I would... Think I think either by the end of this month or beginning of next month. I have to yeah. check with them and see. And on your social media platforms, they can follow on Instagram. Instagram's Twitter. really that's it. Like yeah. I'm on there every day. I try to be, um, and I'm storying and doing my fun stuff. So yeah, Instagram, Leanne Locken. That's it. It's never going to change. Well, I could sit here and talk to you all day, <laughs> my, my dear. I only if you offer me watermelon. At this point, I'm on a watermelon diet. Really? Yeah. No. Really. Watermelon diet? Yeah, because Tom Thumb cuts it up for me. Yeah, but what do you what do you do when it goes dormant? Like when Throw it's it away out of and season? Oh, oh, I starve. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> well, like, I've been to this grocery store in October, November. There, it's out right now. You can still get a big old tub for five dollars. So how long are you going to be on this diet? No, I'm not really on. I mean, just like I okay. love watermelon. You know what? Dogs love watermelon. Did they you know that? do. They do. No, I, you listen. You know what else dogs love? Carly has informed me. She loves sushi because she ate my sushi. She <laughs> loves tiny tacos from Jack in the Box because she ate my tiny tacos. That beagle is. I get she what they call it. female dogs. That yeah. word. Yeah. Well, thank thank you so much for <laughs> thank joining you me. For this is so much me. fun. It's always great to see you. It's Give good to rich. see you. My love. I will. Go I ahead. will. Congratulations again. All right, that's going to put a wrap on our show this week. Thank you for joining us, and thank you to the beautiful Leanne Locken. What a great interview! Thank you for being part of our show. And I want to tell you guys to subscribe to our our show on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Tony Casillas Show. Uh, follow us on Twitter and all the social media platforms. And make sure you're be, you're part of the show because your comments mean a lot to us. And also, we're going to give away some nice prizes as we go along. So thank you again for joining our show. Okay, so that's a wrap. See you guys next week. And as always, te amo. <laughs>